0: Hey, welcome to How to Write a Novel. Man, this fucking weather is crazy. I mean, it's only like Toronto level cold. By Canadian standards, it's still not really that cold, but uh, this is really cold for Vancouver. I don't think I've ever been here when it's this cold. And it's that sneaky thing of, uh, at least if you're in a permanently frozen environment, you're ready for it where this is, like, deceptively extra cold because uh, nobody's ready for this shit. Nobody has winter coats in this goddamn province. Test says hello, and uh, the wind is very hard to gauge, so I'm putting a winter glove on top of this recorder. Hopefully that'll help. Because I can't really hear it when I'm recording. It's really annoying. So I was reminded by the Big Question podcast on Twitter that uh, the traditional food I was thinking of yesterday, it's actually fermented shark, and they do that in Iceland, so I wasn't thinking far enough north. But I've also decided that that, uh, even though I spent a million hours yesterday talking about it, that that's uh, not where I'm going to go in this chapter after all. I was going to have the characters partake in some wacky traditional food but instead I think I actually just need to roll it back a bit because basically you got the one character who is like a war refugee and the other one who is like the little I guess like a combination of a scientist and a uh, like a guidance counselor (laughs) you know not not quite a therapist not someone who's actually gonna try to help you just someone who's gonna check in on you, so guidance counselor comes to mind. But I guess I just need to uh, get the story to a point where it's just a little less contentious, where they're just kinda hanging out more. So I think my plan is, she's just gonna kinda needle him a little more of like, what exactly is your fucking job? Like, are you following me around? Like, what is this? How does this work? And she's gonna find out that uh, kind of nobody gives a shit about him and what he's doing, you know, and that'll like endear him to her just a little bit, just that within this big, what appears to her to be a big piece of clockwork where everything's working fine and everyone fits except her, the truth is that there's all kinds of uh, people within the clockwork that nobody is paying any fucking attention to either, because really for this part of the book I mostly just want to get it to a point where they're Just kind of hanging out, you know, (laughs) just kind of the space station equivalent of hanging out on the couch and watching old reruns or something and blabbing about shit for a while. That's what this phase of the story will be. So that might make this chapter way shorter, but who knows? We'll see. We'll see as I'm writing. Can't really know where it's going to go till I sit down and write it. And I kind of ran into a book problem where, where I've been living extremely um, minimalist for a few years now, where uh, I started it as sort of like an experiment of like I just kind of prefer not to own a lot of stuff, find it just uh, easier on my brain. I'm not one of these people that enjoys buying things and owning things. I feel the opposite if I can get by without stuff. That's when I feel more comfortable of like, ah, I didn't need all that shit. So the last year I was in Toronto, 2014 probably that was, but I uh, pared down all my stuff, just slowly donated it, got rid of all my shit, which takes a while. It's harder to get rid of stuff than it seems if you don't want to just throw it away, which I don't, you know, I wanted to make sure it got to at least a thrift store or something. And I got it down so that Everything I owned fit in this one book bag. And I've just been doing that ever since. So I take it to, you know, to Montreal, to Toronto, across here to Vancouver, went over to fucking Amsterdam, went back home to New Brunswick. And it's nice, you can just travel around. And then if I don't travel around, if I stay in one place for a while, that's fine too. Like, whatever, what's the difference? And what's really surprising is that I just don't feel like I'm missing anything. Like, I, uh, pared my stuff down to a pretty basic minimum, and I was just like, so I'll just wait till I need something. And as I need things, then I'll go get them. And, uh, the things that I need just never kind of happen, you know? Maybe the weirdest one was I just needed to, uh, I was trying to hang on to this one pair of jeans. I eventually, they had so many holes, I didn't even donate them. I just threw them away. But I was proud, too, that I had one pair of pants for, like, three years. Wore them all around the world, wore them the fuck out. But I was trying to save them. So I went to the dollar store and bought this whole sewing kit, which is weird. It's like, it's still, it's only like $2 for this thing, but it's way more of a sewing kit than I would ever need. But little stuff like that is really all I noticed. Like I wouldn't have bought the whole sewing kit if I just had a needle and thread kicking around my house somewhere. Or I needed uh, just a little pin uh, because I've got this hat that just doesn't quite fit. I just needed a little pin to just pin in the back of this hat and it would make it fit perfect. But again at the dollar store all they sell is like most of the dollar stores in Canada are $2 but for $2 you get fucking 80 pins. So uh instead I sneakily opened the container in the dollar store and I just took one of the 80 pins and I bought some other shit but I I stole it. I stole this one little pin. stuff like that is just kind of weird but really the only thing i miss is uh, i do miss having a tv and a playstation i'm way behind on that stuff but even that it's not like i'm uh really denying myself i mean i've still got like a laptop and a shit ton of games on steam more games than i can keep up with like i still have a ton of games i haven't even played so i kind of miss that but not enough you know like the implications are just so huge i mean just to have a TV and a PlayStation, I would have to fucking nail down my whole life. Like I would just have to lay big time roots down and it's like, all right, no more moving for me. <laughs> just so I can play fucking whatever, some dumb video game. Not worth it. And yeah, besides that, I don't know. It's pretty shocking. It's just, it's surprising how, uh, just how much stuff everyone has that they don't know where it came from or why they have it or what they're doing with it it's just stuff just stuff you don't need that stuff so the one thing that kind of gets me though is books because i just don't really have space for these books in this book bag my book bag is actually so full like everything fits just right and it's just like perfect it's basically just clothes computer this recorder a few whatever things that i might need and everything fits just right until I buy a bunch of books that I don't read in a timely fashion. And then to squeeze the books in, I found out that when I'm moving between Airbnbs or whatever, like the one day a month when I've got to carry all my shit with me, I can make extra room in the book bag by wearing both my pairs of pants at once. (laughs) Just for that one day. I just wear one pair of pants over the other pair of pants and that gives me enough room for my books. So I had five or six books built up which is already too many. I should have one or two at most. And then I was at a Salvation Army the other day, and they had this thing where it's like 10 books for $5. And I was like, well, all right. Because <laughs> you know? I actually did find some books that I'm like, I do really want to read this. And then I got a bunch of like manga and stuff that I burned through pretty fast. But still, I ended up at the end of the day with way too many books. I got like 13 books or something. And it's like, shit, I'm never going to be able to read these before the end of the month. Like, I skimmed through them enough to find, like, a couple that sucked. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to read those. But the rest were all annoyingly interesting. It's like, shit, I do want to read these. I'm never going to make it. And, I mean, I guess I could just put these books in another bag and carry them with me. But, I mean, it's it's a quick fucking slide into being a bag lady. You know, Being one of those dudes with the fucking shopping cart filled with junk it's just books if i'm not gonna read them why do i have them (laughs) you know like that's the whole point that's the whole fucking philosophy but what i did last night is uh is i converted a bunch of them into ebook format where i really never read ebooks i just ignored the whole phenomenon and i found it a little cloying at first when Kindles and shit first came out, and it just seemed like another piece of junk people were buying. It's like, oh, look at this. I'll buy this fucking fancy device, and now I can read books in a computerized tablet on my lap. And it's like, were you reading books in the first place? Or do you just want to buy some shit? (laughs) You just want to buy some new garbage, because it's the new cool thing, and you can't stop yourself from buying shit. That's really kind of the feeling that I had about that whole phenomenon. All these people that did not seem to be big readers couldn't wait to go buy a stupid book reading device. But then I started coming around when I was editing my book about the last of us because that's when I learned how to make an ePub and a Mobi and you know when I actually learned what these formats even are and how they work. And uh And I found that I did kind of like them. Like, an EPUB, it's hard to really make an especially elegant EPUB. There's always little weird formatting problems and weird shit. But in theory, it's really, it's just, just the text. It's just a string of text. And it's just, it was like neat, where it's like, okay, cool. Now you can change the font size and whatever dumb shit. But it's really just, here's the book. And I like that. I like the sort of speltness of it. So from there I dug into ebooks a little more. It's like, oh maybe I will read an e-book here and there. And they really are a lot more convenient, because I mean I've already got this dumb little thing in my pocket that I'm writing on, and that's got a couple movies on it and some MP3s and shit. So why not throw on some books? So then last night, and this was like just a really weird Just the twisty, turny curves of piracy, where I was surprised uh, how many of these books were on like Pirate Bay as EPUBs, and it's weird because it's like, you know, all right, cool, I'm just grabbing an EPUB of a book I already have, so I mean, that's fine, it's really not piracy, that's just a different format. But then these are all books that I got at thrift stores. So I really didn't pay the author or the publisher for them in the first place anyway. So what would it have mattered if I pirated it from the get-go, you know? And it really does just, it's just a confusing world we're in. It's one reason why I just really don't get hung up about piracy. It's like, it's just, it's too simple to say that piracy is bad. There's a lot more to it. It's just a, it's just a different world now. That kind of gatekeeping, it's just, uh, it just doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. It reminds me of uh, backward compatibility on the Xbox. It's a really weird thing, because it's like cool that they announced recently that it's like, hey, you can play a bunch of the old original Xbox games from two systems back. They're compatible now with this system. But what happens is you put in the disc And it doesn't actually read and play off the disc it just downloads a version and you play that so having the original copy of this game all it's doing is unlocking the digital download so it just it kind of just calls into question like what exactly is going on (laughs) like that is the sensible way to do it but if it's just a download and all the disc is doing is pointing the system toward where to download this thing from why not just make the download available (laughs) like you're not making any money off it it's an old used game anyway or a game that someone already had you could just offer all these games for free but then it doesn't feel the same it doesn't feel like you actually are playing your old games anymore or that your old games are valuable or useful but the reality is that your old games aren't valuable or useful. They're garbage. <laughs> you know? Even if you try to play them, you're still just. they're immediately usurped by a digital version. Just weird, very weird times we're in. There's a lot of meta going on, a lot of uh, people denying the digital reality, I guess sort of trying to act like it's still the old world, trying to act like it's still the supply and demand physical model of commerce and information trade, and it ain't. Now it's all magic. <laughs> now it's digital, invisible, weightless magic. But yeah, it's weird too because a lot of the thing with the thrift store book life is I like it cuz it is a a form of gatekeeping, like or just a form of Control because I could download every book ever fucking written, you know. I'm sure there's a torrent that's just like, here's 20,000 books. But then where do you go? What do you read? Like, I like finding them in a slower way, in a more organic way. But then it's like I bought these thrift store books just to guide me towards the EPUBs that I would then download and then return the thrift store books. Just weird. But even like that uh, pirate book that i mentioned last week that i found this cool weird obscure i thought obscure pirate book from the 90s it seemed really cool but i found the epub of it on pirate bay i'm like right on don't need to carry you around anymore pirate book so i'm still gonna lean toward physical books i like i like the process of just finding a book reading it Donating it back to somewhere else or putting it in like a book donation box or something. I just got too far behind myself, too many books piled up. And there's a couple of books that I kept as book, in book form, on purpose. Like uh, Neuromancer by William Gibson. I love his bridge trilogy, Virtual Light, *Idoru*, and All Tomorrow's Parties. I read that series like three or four times. It's like set in the near future, maybe even the near past at this point. (laughs) We've caught up pretty fast. I love just the, uh, plot-wise, it's not especially engaging, but that's okay, because that's not what I care about anyway. Like I've said, I like tone, and that guy has got the tone down. The tone is amazing. I really like those books. Just comforting to read. You can just read them again and again. But Neuromancer is a lot more traditional cyberpunk. And I tried listening to it as an e-book once, like just as like MP3 is being read. And it was just too fast, too weird. Couldn't wrap my head around what the fuck was happening, who these characters were. Had a bad time, bailed out. So then when I saw it as a a book book, I'm like, ah, perfect, that'll be better. I can read that at my own pace, go nice and slow, absorb everything, that'll be cool. And I would just rather do that as a book that I'm holding in my hands. So, you know, I think that's enough rambling. I've got all these different things that, uh, little ideas. And I'm like, oh, I should talk about this. I should talk about that. Had this new idea for a story the other day. I was like, I could talk about that. There's a bunch of things. But these podcasts are just better when they're not too long. <laughs> if I'm going to do this every day. I don't need to just keep on rambling about everything all at once. Tomorrow we'll be here very soon. So for song of the day, since I played a Hannah George's song yesterday, let's play another one today. This is from her most recent album called Evelyn, and the song is called Walls. And uh, maybe I'm thinking about this because of this windy, snowy, shit weather here in Vancouver. But a couple of winters ago, maybe it was just last winter, I guess it was the first half of last winter, I was staying in the beaches neighborhood of Toronto, which is a really cool neighborhood. It, it's the neighborhood that reminds me the most of Vancouver. But the weather was frightful, man. Fucking garbage. <laughs> just so much snow. But the beaches are by the lakeside, by the beach. And it was great to go down by the beach when nobody else was there because the weather was so bad. And just this blustery, fucked up snow on a beach. And it was just neat. It's a neat environment. It feels cool. And just to travel along it at night, nobody else is there. It felt like a weird Viking, like I'm just traveling next to the water being battered by the fucking winds and the snow. And I was listening to this album a lot, and this song, this is a real downbeat song, but it's also just really beautiful. It's really great, and it just makes me think always of that dark beach with the fucking blustery snow everywhere and the snowbanks and no people around. And that's just a cool image. It's one of those like images I can just latch onto and just remember how that felt. So here's Walls by Hannah Georges. See you tomorrow.